Hello and surprise! Welcome to the Carnage Report a week earlier than you expected it. We're here to bring you the latest on all things horror-related, keep you up with the news you can use. I'm Julie Holland. And I'm Nick Spacek. The Carnage Report is part of the Cinepunks podcast family. Go to Cinepunks.com to find entertainment news, reviews, and other great podcasts like Horror Business, Twitch of the Death Nerve, and Tomb of Ideas. If you want to help support Cinepunks and ultimately this show, you can become a Cinepunks Patreon subscriber at patreon.com slash cinepunks, which is spelled C-I-N-E-P-U-N-X. Also, go check out these great sponsors like Essex Coffee Roasters. Essex Coffee Roasters offers specialty-grade coffee roasted to order for the most fresh and delicious home-brewing experience. They are committed to accessible, quality coffees offering education on coffee and brewing to all of their customers. Essex Coffee Roasters believes you don't have to be a coffee expert to enjoy a great cup of coffee. Right now, if you go to their website, EssexCoffeeRoasters.com, and use the code CINEPUNKS, you get 10% off your order. You should also go support Lehigh Valley Apparel Creations. They are the premier screen printer of Lehigh Valley, but you don't have to live there to use them. They work all over the world. They are personal, full, professional, and the only place where you can get punk rock attitude and professional service in printing. You can find them at XLBACX.com. Now it is time for the setup. And our getting to know you question for this episode is very boring, but uh, I feel very applicable. Julie, what is your favorite Thanksgiving food? Well, I have a tie. And the first one is one that I actually shouldn't even eat anymore because I shouldn't have berries. But I love cranberry sauce, specifically the com- the kind that comes out shaped like the can. And I will still eat it, even if it's not going to make me feel good. And also, I love pie. Pumpkin pie, pecan pie, pie. Yeah. How about you? Stuffing. Stuffing is literally against stuffing. Really? Yeah, I don't care for it. It is my favorite thing. I don't know what it is. I think it's just the fact that it's a savory bread pudding, and um, I can understand why you don't like bread pudding. (laughs) Um, That's understandable. No, there's just something about it. I don't know what it is. It's the thing I look forward to most every year, and like we're not doing thanksgiving this year so like because tanya is out of town and uh i'm gonna go over to my brothers my parents are coming over and we're gonna have cheeseburgers nice um but i did buy like the makings to do like mashed potatoes and stuffing and i'm gonna roast a chicken at some point this week just so i can kind of have yeah you gotta have your little tastes i've been making the past few years pie caken Ooh, i've described this to you but you take pecan pie and bake it into a layer of chocolate cake and then you take a pumpkin pie and bake it into a layer of spice cake then you put those on top of each other and frost it all up and when you cut it it's really a sight to behold and you get you get essentially two slices of pie and two slices of cake all in one slice what kind of frosting i use a marshmallow buttercream because to me it's a buttercream that's really easy to make it always comes out good and tastes good um i think the actual recipe calls for cream cheese frosting which would also be good if you like that kind of thing but i can't have cream cheese so marshmallow buttercream it is i feel like i feel like cream cheese would be too much that would be gilding rich yeah like it's already going to be like extremely rich i also for some reason could not find a spice cake because you can just use box cake for it and and you can use store-bought pies although I have learned many store-bought pies have an ingredient I can't have, so I have to make my own pies to put in there, which (laughs) also means that I had to buy a special pan because 
A store-bought pie is like six or seven inches, which fits easily in a nine-inch cake pan, which I already own. This is a lot. I'm sorry, listeners, but you have to hear my gripe. <laughs> but a home pie pan, you can't get, you can't buy a pie plate smaller than an eight and three-quarter inch pie plate, which does not fit into a nine-inch cake pan. So I had to find a 10-inch cake pan and I could only find one. So I'm going to have to bake them separately, which is an hour of baking, hour of cooling. It's a whole thing. My Wednesday is going to be but, you know, I got it. I got to do it. It looks cool. And I couldn't find a spice cake, so I have to figure out how to turn a yellow cake into a spice cake, which I think is pretty easy. You just dump spices in it. One would, I, I assume that there there is Google for everything. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure you're not the first person to ask. Bless the Internet. <laughs> uh, if you think our choices are ridiculous or you have you have a side that you prefer, like I understand cheesy potato casserole or corn casserole or green, green bean, bean casserole, casserole. all yeah. of i mean i have been to uh thanksgivings where legitimately there were four or five different kinds of casseroles and i don't think i touched tur- i think i made a meal of sides yeah turkey is definitely like the smallest portion of what i eat and in fact i prefer ham if possible i really honestly like the only reason i like the turkey is because there is gravy yeah turkey gravy is fantastic um Mm -hmm. but yeah yeah i'm curious what you all think yeah and you know if you've seen the movie we're talking about later is that gonna make it hard for you to eat turkey this year let us know (laughs) we'll let you you know what we think when we get down to the main main portion of the show But now it is time for New Nightmares, our roundup of trailers, new to streaming, coming to theaters, etc., etc. Kind of a short one today because it's only been a week. First up, we got a trailer for Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Does this count as a horror movie? Probably not. News is short. But also, these movies are super fun. Um, It's coming out in theaters May 24th of next year. We got the first teaser trailer uh, from director Wes Ball. Um, so. Uh, This is the fourth installment in this franchise, Um, and here's the plot summary. As a new tyrannical ape leader builds his empire, one young ape undertakes a harrowing journey that will cause him to question all that he has known about the past and to make choices that will define a future for apes and humans alike. Tyrannical ape leader scares the shit out of me, so Mm. I'm willing to count it as horror. (laughs) Yep. Um, have uh, Have you seen the the previous three movies in this franchise i've never seen a planet of the ape period wow there uh somehow like this is totally like unplanned tanya and i have seen all three of those in the theaters just like we saw the first one like just sort of on it like we had time like Mm -hmm. i think we're on a trip um and we were staying literally at a hotel that was around the corner from a multiplex and we we're just like you want to go see the planet of the apes movie and we went watch it and we we're like this is really good and so we've nice. seen all of them although funnily enough watched all three in the theaters have seen none of them since 
<laughs> yeah, you know, just takes one. You know, I'm, as we know, I'm a little scared of monkeys. I, I believe I've touched on it. So that's probably why I haven't seen any. <laughs> they're scary, even though they're not meant to be scary. No, these movies are, they're really excellent. And I like after the trilogy, I thought we were done. And I was very excited when they announced a while back that we were going to get a, a fourth movie uh, set like further along in the story. And it's, they're just like they're very well made like the acting is excellent the special effects are amazing um it's there's a super duper fun they it looks really realistic so yeah good summer blockbuster mm-hmm. we got another christmas horror trailer that we didn't have when we had christmas corner last week which is a trailer for the sacrifice game coming to shutter on december 8th um this is by Jen Wexler, who directed The Ranger. If you saw that one, I did. I loved it. So good. Uh, here, here's the synopsis. The Black, at the Black Veil, Black Veil School for Girls, it's bad enough that students Samantha and Clara can't go home for the holidays, but things take a deadly turn when a gang of cult killers arrives at their doorstep just in time for Christmas. It's like a, it's set in, oh, I said it. It's set in 71. I said that. Um, And it's sort of, a Manson family sort of vibe, but also a little witchy. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. It's, you know, it's like a uh, black coat's daughter meets a true crime murder cult sitch. And if you enjoy the Ranger, you dig. Uh, Jen Wexler does team up again with Chloe Levine, uh, who's mm-hmm. the star of the Ranger. Um, and well, you know, maybe we'll be talking about it soon. Maybe. Uh, we also in further Christmas Corner news, um, this uh, teaser originally premiered uh, with the theatrical re-release of Terrifier 2, but has finally hit the Internet. This is for Terrifier 3, which does not come out until next Halloween. Um, and it is, you know, the return of uh, the one and only uh, Art the Clown um and it's 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 a teaser in the the truest of senses it's just Mm -hmm. literally um you don't see any action um but uh it is we have been told by uh the director and uh writer damian leone um that it will be shot it'll be a bigger budget it's like there are issues they're running into evidently already because they're like child killings in the script and like people don't want to give them money because of it and it's a whole thing but it will be set at christmas and there's art the clown and i didn't watch terrifier 2 because i didn't want a two and a half hour version of the first movie like Uh hour and a half of the first movie was enough but now it's set at christmas and so shit yeah, I might be using some of my extended Christmas break to finally watch Terrifier 2, which I haven't watched for the same reasons, but also because I feel like I'm going to have to watch Terrifier 1 again because I watched it and was like, meh, and never went back to it. And now I need, probably need to watch it again before watching Terrifier 2 because people really seem to love it despite it being long, despite it, despite the fact that people didn't get that crazy about Terrifier 1. I mean, a few, but not to the extent of Terrifier 2. I feel the whole terrifier thing is, and I somebody summed this up really well. It's like you have this iconic, great performance in just very mid movies. Um, yeah, like like Art the Clown, like the performance and all of that is like top tier stuff. Just like 
stuffed in a movie that is uh like try hard uh like edgelord shit so yeah that's fair that works um that's that is what i've read and i kind of agree with it so yeah fair all right back into things that maybe aren't horror but definitely scared the crap out of me the (laughs) abyss is uh getting a new theatrical run with a 4k remaster including big surprises this was announced by james cameron on x um it's only playing i don't like this one night only business one night only december 6th it'll be released and then maybe we can hope for a home release or od release um but james cameron says and i quote if you haven't seen the film before this is the way to experience it and if you have you'll be seeing the film i actually set out to make with some big surprises not seen in the original released version. I hope you'll take advantage of seeing The Abyss, my first ocean film, back in theaters. I know that I watched this several times when it came out, but I don't know that I saw it in theater, so I might I might want to see that in the theater. So do I. Um, they did announce um, that this is coming to like 4K, Ultra HD, and Blu-ray, and on top of that, we're not just getting The Abyss, we're getting true lies as well and it is march 12th oh nice um cool uh i'm so like listen james cameron takes his sweet ass time to get stuff done but when he does it he does it right and i'm willing to have waited to get like really good home video versions of both of these movies so yeah and the abyss is so magical and ahead of its time really Mm -hmm. just yeah, and scared the crap out of me. Like, I, I never want to go to space. I never want to go to the bottom of the ocean. The reasons for both are all very similar. <laughs> Tight spaces, and we don't know what's out there. <laughs> oh, so excited for that. Um, Although, yeah, hey, thanks for doing a one-night-only screening on a Wednesday. Right? Come on, James. Yeah, good God. It's like a two-and-a-half-hour movie. Like, yeah. who has time to do and that? And that's, as we remember it, who knows what it is with big surprises in it. Oh, God, it's going to be three hours long. Yeah. I hope everybody has extra money for extended babysitters. Yeah. And strong bladders. Uh, Netflix is bringing a new Neil Gaiman adaptation. Uh, it's called Dead Boy Detectives. Um, evidently, it was originally supposed to be a Max show, but uh, it's now going to be on Netflix. Um, it, it, they're characters from a Sandman comic in the 90s. Uh, the setup is... Do you have a pesky ghost haunting you? Has a demon stolen your core memories? You may want to ring the dead boy detectives. Meet Edwin Payne and Charles Rowland, the brains and the brawn behind the dead boy detectives agency. Teenagers born decades apart who find each other only in death. Edwin and Charles are best friends and ghosts who solve mysteries. They will do anything to stick together, including escaping evil witches, hell, and death itself. With the help of a clairvoyant named Crystal and her friend Nico, they're they are able to crack some of the mortal realm's most mystifying paranormal cases. Um, eight part series, no release date yet coming in 2024. And yes, it is tied into the fuller Sandman series that I need to go back and actually finish at some point. Um, I started watching it and it was really great. And then I got distracted by life. Also dead boy detectives would be just a tremendous name for a pop punk band. Uh, I would buy that album. Sight unseen. Unheard. Mm-hmm. That sounds fun. I'll listen to that. <laughs> Would agree. All right. Up next, we have talked about this a little in that, you know, we love a holiday horror, whatever holiday that might be, but we have a 
uh, trailer now for Founders Day. It's a horror about a Founders Day. Um, in a small in the film, a small town is shaken by a series of ominous killings in the days leaded up leading up to a heated mayoral election. Um, trying to remind myself when this comes out. It'll be in theaters January nineteenth. Um, looks maybe more fun than it has any right to look, given mm-hmm. that it's a weird holiday that isn't all of our holidays. Um, uh, but it looks pretty fun, actually. Yeah, I like, I'm a big fan of like making not necessarily like I mean I I'm aware that there are lots of towns that have like Founders Day celebrations and things like mm-hmm. that, but I like I love the idea of just taking that idea that you can then customize and like come up with your own weird like traditions and costumes and it's just like no 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 it's for this town your town may vary yeah and the the killer appears to be wearing like a colonial a colonial wig powdered wig and a creepy mask so love a creepy mask in this in the still that fangoria has he's carrying a gavel so i can only hope we get a gavel murder yeah, there's a it legitimately I'm like, ah, yeah, I'm sure it's just like your standard, you know, like holiday slasher, but I'm they're all kind of fun. Yeah. Uh yeah. not fun. <laughs> <laughs> uh is the trailer for the weight. Um is from director F. Javier Gutierrez. Uh it is a folk horror tragedy uh that will be coming to Spain um on December 15th um they haven't announced US distribution yet um the the film uh is okay Eladio hunting estate keeper takes a bribe from a veteran hunter weeks later his whole life falls apart what looked like the opportunity of a lifetime turns into a macabre descent to hell when he finds out that his misfortune might not be entirely by chance um evidently this is uh andalusian um uh which i find interesting uh and man oh it just it looks bleak yeah it looks real bleak it looks like it would pair well with where when evil lurks right that was my exact first thought like creepy kids weird violent dark stuff happening out in the countryside mm-hmm. i'll watch it i'm excited oh. Oh, yeah. Like, it looks really good, but it looks very intense. Something else I'm excited for, but tentatively, is that Jordan Peele's Monkey Paw production is remaking the Wes Craven The People Under the Stairs, which is just an absolute favorite of mine. I love this movie. It's so fucking weird. And I don't look almost nothing ever needs to be remade. If this is going to be remade, I trust it in these hands. I'm interested to see how they update it for a modern audience. Um, so if if you haven't seen The People Under the Stairs, first of all, see it. It's so good. Um, but essentially, uh, there's a young boy. His name is Fool. And I think his family is struggling with a slumlord-landlord situation. So he breaks into their home. I think, I think there's money to be had or something but once he gets in there he realizes that these people are fucking crazy like incestual gimp costume keeping people under the stairs it's in the title um just bananas monsters and it it just it goes off the wall and in fact 
as you might recall last week when we talked about crust i was like oh sean whiteland he's roach and people under the stairs he will always be roach to me i apologize to him i'm sure he's done a million other things but i'm always like he's roach he lives in the walls he got out from under the stairs um so i'm really curious you know they've got some interesting they don't have a lot lined up but they do have um ezra clayton daniels uh writing the script and he did or they i guess i don't they did doom patrol and night sky which i haven't seen either of those things so i don't know about them everybody loves doom patrol could be cool though i am keeping my mood elevator at curious (laughs) um i okay so um this next movie i don't know like i god i fucking want to love it but i don't know all right so coming march 8th Two theaters is the film Imaginary. It is from Lionsgate and Bloomhouse. Uh, it is a movie about an imaginary friend, maybe. Uh, <laughs> in the movie, uh, Jessica moves back into her childhood home with her family. Her youngest stepdaughter, Alice, develops an eerie attachment to a stuffed bear named Chauncey she finds in the basement. Alice starts playing games with Chauncey that begin playful and become increasingly sinister. As Alice's behavior becomes more and more concerning, Jessica intervenes only to realize Chauncey is much more than the stuffed toy bear she believed him to be. Oh, I think it's our our standard, um, like, memories of childhood, like, being recovered and, like, a childhood attachment coming back to focus on the new child. And uh, Although, here's the thing. The kid in the trailer. I'm just like, you know what? Believable kid. Mm-hmm. I will also say that at the end of the trailer, there's a number to text imaginary. It says text imaginary to oh. this number to find out what's real. I did that. And then it wanted me to sign up and give me, give me, give it all of my information. So I didn't do that. So anyway, yeah, that's like, what happens if you text the number in case you didn't get it paused in time. <laughs> wasn't going to do it. Uh... It's some community. I don't I don't want any part of that. No. I have um, community. But it does look there are parts of the trailer that I was like, there's stuff in the yeah. background that got me. So I'm interested. Yeah, there's some really creepy background stuff. There's like anytime you have a kid like drawing very like spooky crayon drawings will always mm-hmm. like we can go all the way back to deep red, um like and things like that. I god damn, like it's cheap. But it works for me every time. I'm just like, yeah. <laughs> yep. And it uh, at some point in the trailer, it looks like you have like a five or six year old slamming her hand down on a nail. Yeah. It's <laughs> just what? Yeah. Cha- Chauncey said I have to hurt myself. So for some reason, this is the way I chose to do it. Also, props to whoever came up with the name Chauncey. Chauncey sound like is ju- it's such a good name that can sound whimsical or terrifying yeah yeah it really works and that is all the news yay thanksgiving is a time for appreciation it's a time to remember our many blessings to celebrate with the ones that we love the most And it's time for all families to be together. No, 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 no! 
Let's see. Now it is time for our feature presentation for this episode. We are talking about the new film Thanksgiving in theaters directed by Eli Roth. Julie, what's it all about? After a Black Friday riot ends in tragedy, a mysterious Thanksgiving-inspired killer terrorizes Plymouth, Massachusetts, the birthplace of the infamous holiday. Uh, when did you see this? I saw this, um, this past Wednesday at this, like, day early, slightly advanced screening. How was the, uh, like, audience for, for your screening? Real hype. Because it was an advanced screening people get real hype at those so there was a lot of boisterous laughter <laughs> cheering that sort of thing that always is like you guys the filmmakers aren't here we don't have to overact our emotions <laughs> but it does make it a little more fun than it might be if you were to watch it at home or in an emptier screening how about you uh i saw it at 10 o'clock on friday um and i wasn't expecting a crowd but there were a decent amount of people there um to see it and everybody seemed everybody got into it which was cool um mm -hmm. yeah but it was a it was an interesting experience seeing it because i was exhausted when i went yeah. into this but um yeah it was it, i'm i'm yeah. not certain about how i feel about this movie like there are parts of it i really liked and then there are other parts that just felt weird and i can't mm -hmm. really figure out a better way to put it than that yeah it was very so you know when eli roth came onto the scene with cabin fever i was like yes this fucking rules i love this movie it became you know it was one of those movies that for a period in time just became my whole identity it was funny it was scary it was a, a movie that gave me a nightmare before i saw it because i'm so afraid of pandemic diseases surprise <laughs> and i just i was like this is great this guy's amazing and then he did hostile and i saw it and i was like that's too much for me <laughs> i don't want to see that again and then i think i saw hostile too just because i felt like i like eli roth don't i and then just everything just that's just not for me that sort of stuff it's it's too far into the depravity of the human mind and then I'm just like, I don't I think I'm actually afraid of Eli Roth as a person because he thought these things up. So for me, Thanksgiving lands someplace between that original Cabin Fever, not the weird remake he did for some unknown reason, and Hostel. Like, it's fun. In parts, it's very fun. It's funny. And then in parts, it's Hostel. And I'm like, no, no, too far. Um. <clears throat> As I recall, Eli Roth um, was in the middle of making another movie that he then like passed off to somebody else so he could shoot this in order to have it out in time for Thanksgiving. Like he was in the middle of shooting the the adaptation of the video game series borderlands okay and like he like was basically done but he passed like all of the pickup shots and everything off to his um to his like second unit director or something like that in order to be able to shoot thanksgiving and have it ready to be out now um uh, mm -hmm. 
because otherwise it would have had to wait like a whole year and all of that. This movie has like the sense that it was made on like a schedule, like it had to be out by now. And I think that might have something to do with like the the tone of this movie is and the pacing is so weird. Yeah, and I keep using that word, but I guess the best way I can describe it is it's very much you can tell like just from like the way it's shot and the way you have your characters and, and the fact that it is like a holiday slasher. It is trying to be something like April Fool's Day or uh, like Halloween or like definitely mm-hmm. some elements of blood rage in there. But like it, it doesn't know how those movies work. And so yeah. you have like a lot of like all of the kill scenes are very, very, they're very intense and they're very brutal, but like they happen and then they're just over. Like it, it just, it starts like there's no real build to like mm-hmm. get you like, Oh fuck, what's going to happen. It's just like, literally like you'll see somebody and you'll be like, Oh no, they're by themselves. Oh, now they're dead. Like that's how it, and then all like right afterwards, it's like cut to cops on the scene. Like every yeah. time, like there's no, there's no like, and and then you have like these long sections where you're like hanging out with the characters and stuff like that. And for as much time as we spend with these characters, they're very two dimensional. Um, it is the opposite of the last couple of movies we've discussed, where like we were in, like that was sort of like even the thing with Slaughterhouse is that you kind of got to know at least some of the characters. Yeah. Um, the same thing with like when evil lurks. Like there's a lot of movies we've been seeing that you at the very least like get to know them just a little bit mm-hmm. but yeah yeah, yeah this really plays are... like somebody made a list on a legal pad of cool ways to kill someone either on thanksgiving or just in general and then like ticked them off like okay we got that we got that a trampling got that okay and then we did this with got that and there's like and then and then there was still time left and they're like oh i guess we could put some plot here we could put a little plot here and it also never gives you that feeling like, you know, sometimes we argue, what's a Christmas movie, right? Is it set on Christmas? Is it about Christmas? But I think ultimately is a Christmas a Christmas movie or a movie for any holiday is a movie that you put on because it makes you feel that holiday. And this doesn't make me feel Thanksgiving. This feels more like it would be like Founders Day because it's more this specific to this town and the way they celebrate Thanksgiving because other towns don't celebrate Thanksgiving as a town. It's something you do with your family. <laughs> and you never feel like, yeah, this feels like my Thanksgiving. This feels like my family holiday or like a family holiday that isn't mine, but that I've seen in real life that I can imagine. I think and the that... only way it kind of hits that is the the Black Friday sale and the stores opening on Thanksgiving at the beginning of the movie. That feels real to me. And then they abandon most of that. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, you get introduced to like two family gatherings at the beginning and then like there is the trampling and all of that. And then it feels like all of the families are very fractured. Mm-hmm. And like, if that's the point you want to make, that's great. But that doesn't seem to be the point that Eli Roth is looking to make with this film. Yeah. Um, And also, like, there are parts like that opening scene like has parts that are just so great and so horrifying. And then there are other parts where they, it's like, Oh, I see what you're going for. You're trying to go for this. Like, Oh, Oh my God. Like where you're like half laughing, half like gasping. Yeah. But 
it should either have like i guess part of it is that there there are a couple of like scenes where people get hurt but it's there's not a lot of them and it feels like this should have been like just like once those doors bust open it should have been a constant not maybe not a constant bloodbath but definitely like just a constant just like hit 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 like you should have seen people mm-hmm. getting like every cut should have been another person getting fucked up in some way shape or form and it never quite hit the level of intensity that i think would have warranted like the rest of the movie yeah yeah it it yeah all of that i agree with all of that i to me like the part that was i don't know scariest was that initial push and trampling for you know the the black friday early thanksgiving sale because that stuff scares me i don't go out on black friday i don't want to get pushed around for a waffle iron i'll just buy a waffle iron if i want one no sale is good enough for me to deal with that yeah so that to me that's the part they could have leaned in on i don't know i just don't think i think that and i think you put something about this either on twitter in your letterboxd review about how it's not going to be the rewatchable holiday film that they wanted it to be and i think that's true because it's not fun enough or scary enough it's like the rewatchability i don't think is there yeah it's the the it's a little too long and i feel like that that's a criticism i level about like a lot of movies but it's one of those where it's like you know like 15 minutes trimmed from this would have solved a lot of problems or alternately mm-hmm. using that time better would have solved yeah. a lot of problems. Like there's some weird shit, like at the high school, there's a beauty salon, like, which yeah. is obviously like, I mean, you can kind of puzzle out the fact that's obviously like a Votech sort of situation, but like they don't explain it. No, they just hang out in there. <clears throat> and there are several scenes set in that room. And it's like, I think if you're going to have an entire like full like a whole ass beauty parlor parlor in the entry like it's in the middle of like the main part of the entryway i know i was like is this an east coast thing do east coast high schools just have (laughs) cosmetology school as part of it because you know it's possible and maybe maybe that's why it wasn't explained maybe eli roth was just like well my high school had one so they all must have one or he just didn't care to explain it so there's a lot of stuff that's unexplained in this movie. Like, yeah. man, the accent, the accents in this movie almost like had me just like, I don't know. It's weird to that it's all you know in Massachusetts, right? But the people in the town that we're in don't really have the accent so much. But the people from the rival, the football rival town, real thick with that, with that, you know boston massachusetts area accent yeah yeah they're just the haywood um one of the letterbox reviews that i saw was if you take a shot every time patrick dempsey correctly uses the east coast accent you'll be sober (laughs) (laughs) and that's that's the point worth mentioning is just the fact that like we have like there are some names in this movie uh We've got um we've got Patrick Dempsey as the mm-hmm. the sheriff. Uh, Gina Gershon is in it. Criminally uh, underutilized. Criminally underutilized. Um, Lynn Griffin is in it for like a hot fucking minute, and like Canadian 
like tax shelter horror person uh we've got rick hoffman um uh, playing the owner of the um what, what is the name of uh, right mart yeah right mart um yeah uh just like great cast like that kind of gets it's a huge cast like there are a lot of characters in this movie and i think that's another thing is that like that mm-hmm. friend group is way too big like yeah I like i feel like if you're gonna do it you have a group of like four like you have like or maybe six and but there's like six and then there's like other people like circling around it and it's just like there's a lot and i think that's part of the reason the characters don't get terribly well developed mm-hmm. yeah um, it it was it was set up to be a bloodbath with that many characters, and then there wasn't quite as much bloodbath as one might hope. Yeah, not, it that, not to say that it's not gory and disturbing in parts, because it oh, is. Yeah. But the body count could have been higher. Here is sort of a weird thing, and I don't think this is a, this isn't a plot spoiler at all. This is just like a tone spoiler. Maybe there is a point, like basically the last half hour, like we have had this movie where there is a silent killer who is just like very, you know, like head tilts, like, you know, like just killing silently. And then for whatever reason in the last half hour turns into like a quip machine and yeah, really the, becomes ghost face. The tone, like the, the entire last half hour of this movie is a t- strangely kind of what I wish the rest of the movie had been. Like when it starts leaning into the fact that like, okay, this is like kind of a stupid idea and it's a mm-hmm. Thanksgiving slasher. That's when it actually gets fun again. I mean, it is kind of, unfortunately it does get like super standard and formulaic towards the end end, but there is a period of like, as things take this tonal switch where it starts to feel like, oh, this is fun. Like this could have been real fun. Like, why didn't, like, if you're going to, like, make it brutal and stupid at the same time, and we get that for about 10 minutes, um, and I was like, all of these kills could have had, like, really stupid quips. Like, it Mm -hmm. would have been so much fun. Like, I wish Eli Roth would have watched Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. Yeah. Before writing this, because I feel like that's where it's right. Like that movie gets there's some real brutality and some real gross shit, but it's also weirdly hilarious in a lot of ways. And that's kind of, I think, where he was trying to go with this in a way, but like just didn't quite get there. I think he's going for like the tone I can tell he's going for is like the end of the slasher boom where stuff just started going off the rails into weird Mm -hmm. places like in the you know 87 88 era Mm -hmm. what he instead got was like just like direct to video mid 90s slasher um yeah and like where it's just like it's a franchise that got reinvigorated because somebody bought it in a fire sale and yeah it's just like, well, let's let's put it out. Somebody will watch it. Um, it might as well be Amityville here. Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, like it is like it has its moments. I mean, like the kills are in some cases like very inspired. Uh, yes, but like they're very quick, and there's no there's no build up or sort of like really good follow up. Yeah, you don't uh, get to kind of linger. I don't know. Yeah, linger in it and be like, well, that just happened. 
wow, that was really something. Like you don't get the cops are on the scene, but you don't get to see the cops discover it and be like, what the fuck? Which yeah, I think anybody discover it, which I think yeah. is part of the shock is seeing like what has happened in the inter like you you kind of get it with the first one like with when the um with uh the waitress at the, the, the diner? waitress at the diner like you kind of get the the sense of discovery with that and it's legitimately shocking and just yeah. really gross and then they like every time like there's something that works and it only works once and then Eli Roth is like off to do something else and just like ignore the idea like oh this is the thing that works cuz it looks cool yeah like what they what the killer did with that waitress's body could have been redone with a different part of the body in a way, you know, like that could have been the killer's signature. Instead, there was no signature. Yeah, I have to. I Although like the, the putting like the lower half of a torso on top of a sign next to the huge banner that says 50 percent off the the audience I mean, lost their shit. That like, was that. Honestly, that should have been like the climactic kill instead of the opening kill. Yeah. Yeah. It was um yeah, there there was one other one that had a that much of a visceral reaction, but it was more due to actual viscera. Uh yeah. <laughs> it's the one that will ruin your Thanksgiving if you haven't seen this yet. Well, they're like there's kind of two. Um yeah. another one will definitely make you nervous anytime you go anywhere near a machine shop or a hardware store yeah <laughs> um so yeah i mean yeah. it sounds like we hated it which is not how i felt about it i thought it was fun i don't know that i'll go back to it but i do think if you're looking for a, a fun thanksgiving movie you might have fun with it if you don't like gore stay away this is not for you um, a really i'm not gonna lie like 10 o'clock on a friday night with like kind of exhausted like it is kind of the best way to see this movie yeah. like legitimately or like, if you can go to the movie if i don't know if movie theaters are open sometimes thursday night after thanksgiving you're done you're, with your family are. go to the movie theater and watch this you know i think that would be a great time to see it too especially if you have a tumultuous family you might need this kind of release this catharsis of watching some people get fucked up yeah it's when it's fun it's it is really fun it's just like it i i think the best way of describing it like uh this may be damning with faint praise but it is one of those movies that like i watched it i don't feel like i like i wasted my money um it is a movie that like probably after I edit this episode and it gets posted, I probably won't think about it again until like maybe it hits streaming and I give it another shot. Mm -hmm. But I mean, like that's fine. Like sometimes movies are just like, whatever it was an hour and a half hour and 45 minutes. Um, It's not enough to like, I am not like it has not reinvigorated my love for Eli Roth, but like, I also yeah. not just like fuck that dude. So yeah. Yeah. So yeah, if you saw it, let us know what you what you think. I know I saw Greg from Nightmare Junkhead there. I don't think he saw me because I was way at the back. But so Greg, let us know what you thought of it if you uh, feel like it. Um, but anybody else who's gotten a chance to see it, let us know. Um, I also I threw some suggestions into our little suggestion box, but I want to specifically point out a lot of people are saying finally a Thanksgiving horror movie. No, 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 no. 
there are already some Thanksgiving horror movies. It's limited, but they're out there. And and Nick already brought one up, which is Blood Rage. It's ridiculous. It's from the 80s. It's on Night Flight, or you can rent it on a lot of streaming services. I recommend that for your Thanksgiving. And I every year. I'm not gonna use the word recommend, but this next one I have seen so many times, which is Thanks Killing, <laughs> where the murderer is a turkey. Nick, have you seen Thanks Killing? I think I have, and I like it's not one I've ever revisited, but I remember <laughs> for like, some reason just like this is dumb, but great. For some reason, it really hit with my friends and I, and we spent several years watching it every year. It, it's bad. It's low budget. It's bad, bad, bad. It's so bad, it's good. Uh, and that's on Tubi and Screenbox. If you feel like it, <laughs> I mean, it goes it goes places where you're gonna be like, what? No. Um, so those are your Thanksgiving recommendations. Uh, yeah, those are all recommendations I was going to make. And you also put Chopping Mall on there, um, which... Um, going for it, the anti-consumerist angle. <laughs> that's on Peacock and Tubi. And if you live in the Kansas City area, once again, Screenland is doing their uh, annual Black Friday screening of that on Friday, uh, November 24th. Oh, and if you've never seen Blood Rage and would like to see it with the crowd, they are showing that uh, Thanksgiving Eve. Yeah, that'll be good. um, My other recommendation, I think a lot of people miss this. I can't remember if it came out last year or the year before, which is Black Friday with Bruce Campbell. Um, Right. And Devin Sawa. A lot of people didn't like it. I really liked it. I thought it was fun. It's essentially employees at a toy store on Black Friday and, you know things get wild and then they have to use a lot of toys to try to fight whatever this thing is and it's I, pretty fun um it's not streaming for free anywhere but you can rent it pretty cheap on your various rental services fantastic now i'll be right back um i'm sure like news on like what we got coming up that's spooky um is probably a little limited um but what you got coming up Uh, well yeah i don't have much but i will say we've been working on a list for y'all for christmas horror holiday horror i tried to include things that weren't just christmas i can't find much that is like there is one Hanukkah horror movie called Hanukkah and I haven't seen it and the reviews look bad so I didn't put it on the list so really our holiday horror list is largely Christmas and it's not because I didn't try I tried I couldn't find other things um but so look for that on the socials if you have things that you want to try to fill your list with that's my spooky thing do you got anything else uh well I've like I basically blew through the new uh scott pilgrim anime series on netflix um so i think i can finally get back to the i finally and goosebumps is over now um with a very satisfying conclusion might i add um that definitely sets things up for for potential future installments and uh i think i will finally finish um house of usher i might just go back to the beginning and restart it honestly but um yeah there's i've got like a bunch of screeners sitting in my inbox 
nice. that um I really need to get around to watching. Um, so maybe, maybe might take some time um while Tanya is out of town this next week to just like get some movies watched. Nice. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks for joining us on your Thanksgiving if you downloaded and listened to us the day this dropped. Um, if not, we hope you had a good Thanksgiving. Um uh you can find us on Twitter, Instagram at report carnage and we can be reached via email at carnage report pod at gmail.com if you have any suggestions or just want to share your thoughts we would love to hear them yeah and in addition while you're reaching out like maybe throw us your mailing address and um we can send you some stickers or some buttons or you know both um mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I sell bubble mailers and I have to go to the post office to mail off some records anyway. So, like, hit us up. Heck yeah. All the music featured in this episode is by Steve Spacek, who you can find on Instagram at Starling Woodworks and at nodder.bandcamp.com. And Nick, where can they find you on the socials? I am Nuthouse Punks on X slash Twitter slash Blue Sky. I am on Instagram at nicholas mouse and i am on letterboxd at from an inspired uh where can they find you i am dark humor girl everywhere you're looking and if you're interested in seeing a photo of the pie cakin i'm sure it will be there <laughs> by probably around the time you're hearing this so you can just pop on over to any of my socials and i will try to post an inside and outside picture trying every year to get better at, at decor which i'm not So thanks everyone for listening and we will be back in a couple of weeks with another roundup of the latest news in horror and we're going to talk about The Sacrifice Game by Jen Wexler. We already did a synopsis but Nick do you want to remind us what it's about? Set at the Black Veil School for Girls in 1971, it's bad enough that students Samantha and Clara can't go home for the holidays but things take a deadly turn when a gang of cult killers arrives at their doorstep just in time for Christmas. And I think we'll even have our the gate portion for that one. We have an interview with Jen Wexler that I did six months ago. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> were, maybe not six months ago, but it was like four or five. And they were just like, hey, can you hold this uh, until it actually comes out? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> so there's that. Thanks All for right. listening, everybody. Thanks, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.